Welcome to a dopamine kit, your weekly dose of positivity. We're your hosts, Sparky and Shell. Join us each week as we help change your habits, tackle fears, and challenge your mindset. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of a dopamine kick. Today, we are going to be talking about um, an NHS diagnosis and what going down the NHS route looks like um, in being assessed for ADHD. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can do that by following us on whatever platform you are listening to. And if you could please leave us a review and let us know how we're getting on and what you think about the podcast, that would be absolutely fantastic. So this week we're talking about going down the route of an NHS diagnosis for ADHD, how long it takes for an assessment and some of the problems that you can run into going down this route as well. But just a disclaimer, I will be talking about my own personal journey and my own story, but that doesn't mean that this is what an experience through the NHS will be like for you. So just keep that in mind as you are listening to this episode. Okay, so Sparky. Hey. I know what's been going on <laughs> this past week and you know what absolute <laughs> nightmare it has been for you. Um but I thought it would be really good for us to go right back to the beginning and talk through um, so that anyone uh, who is preparing to go on this journey can sort of, I suppose, get an idea of what they're going to be dealing with. Okay, so my story with getting a diagnosis on the NHS hasn't been easy so far. So just quickly, for those of you who uh, don't live in the UK, the NHS is our National Health Service and it has its good points, don't get me wrong, but it also has its bad points as well. And I completely understand that the NHS is under pressure at the moment and there's a huge backlog with everything that's been going on uh, for the last few years. There's been a lot of waiting lists, but I do have to say it almost feels like that's just become a part of the whole uh, NHS now, hasn't it? <laughs> and there's a huge waiting list, there's massive backlogs and you can't get an appointment. But the thing is, this has been going on or as far back as I can remember. There's always been a backlog. I don't know if it's the same for you, Shell, but I remember that there's always been a backlog for years and years. And, you know, logically, I do understand why. But I also feel that whenever you try to get any help on the NHS... Uh, it almost feels like unless you are dying or near death, there's a reluctancy to get you seen urgently or to help you. So I've been going down the route of getting this NHS diagnosis for ADHD, and that has come with... Uh, a few problems, for example, a long waiting list, that's fine. Uh, but it also comes with things like explaining things over and over again to various different people. And you definitely don't get the same service as you would if you were to go down a private diagnosis as a private patient. <laughs> and the process takes such a long time. Anyway, long but story short... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, what was you going to say before I, before I start interrupting you? No, it's fine. I mean, I think we're probably just going to interrupt each other constantly over this, aren't we? Because we've done zero preparation. Um, but I was going to say, so after, you know, finally um, being going on the waiting list and because it was initially your therapist, wasn't it, that, that um, highlighted this. So you, you would have thought that that would have maybe yeah fast track things a little bit because you know they're they're already a, a mental health professional it's not like you you know 
just read some stuff on Google or watched a few TikTok videos and self-diagnosed yourself. It was, you know, pointed out to you by a health professional. Yeah. Um, but that didn't seem to make any difference. Oh, um, oh no. But you oh, did no. you did get your assessment day, didn't you? And what day was that supposed to be? So the assessment day fell on the day of uh, the Queen's funeral. And because of that, everything was moved around. And, uh, you know, obviously there was a day of mourning, which I understand. And uh, actually, did it... Did it fall on that day or did it fall on a different day or a day after? No, it was the, it was the day after, wasn't it? It was because I remember saying to you at the time, yeah. because the, um, for those of you not in the UK, the, 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 the Queen's funeral uh, was a, a sort of um, last minute bank holiday. Obviously, there was no advance uh, warning because we didn't know that she was going to die until it happened. Um, so with very little notice, there was suddenly a bank holiday. So it was a bit chaotic generally. Um, but I remember saying to you like, but your appointment's the next day anyway. So what difference does does it make? Like, I understand that they rearranged all of Monday's appointments, but why did they rearrange Tuesdays? It was life as normal for everybody. You know, I have to say, I have no idea. And I still, and I'm still trying to understand this. But again, with the NHS, I do find that sometimes the communication can be a little bit poor. But anyway, uh, things were moved around that week. So my appointment got cancelled and I was like, oh, oh, right. Okay. So when do I have an appointment? And I was told they will send an appointment through the post. And um, naturally, I'm assuming because I've already got an appointment, I'm going to have one quite quickly. So after hearing nothing, I phoned the clinic again and again and again. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was taking a leaf out of your bookshelf. You, you, you. <laughs> Yeah, because I kept telling you every time you were saying to me, oh, I've not, I've not heard. I was like, you need to call them again. You need to call them. And you you, you did call them in that, in, uh, certainly in the first week, you called them at least three times. Well, well, obviously I was getting quite scared of you because you were putting uh, on WhatsApp in big capital letters with full stops, phone the clinic now. <laughs> so, so I had no choice really. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, okay, I'll phone them, I'll phone them. <laughs> so I phoned the clinic, and I was told, you guessed it, you're on a waiting list, and I got to a stage where I was asking, you know, how long am I going to be on this waiting list for? And the only answer I got was, well, you know, we'll we'll speak to the medical secretary, um, and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what that means. That doesn't mean anything to me. And, sh and they never called. They never called you back, did they? The medical no. secretary. You never heard from them. No. Despite all your calls. And then it got to a point where Shell was like telling me to literally go into the clinic, and I was thinking, oh, you know, do do I really have to? And she was like, go into the clinic today. So. I plucked up the courage, went into the clinic, spoke to somebody in the clinic, and basically they were like, you're on a waiting list. <laughs> uh, and then Shell was saying to me, make a complaint because you're not getting any answers. By, the, by this point, it was over a week, wasn't it? It was sort of 10-ish, was it 10 days, nearly two weeks, since your original appointment should have been. And it, it wasn't the fact that you were waiting, yeah. you, knew you were going to have a wait from the moment they cancelled it. It was the fact that you you didn't have a date scheduled in. Like, surely when they cancelled your appointment, they should have immediately put the next date in. It shouldn't have been, you know, your appointment's cancelled. And at some point in the future, someone will look at when we can get you in. That's not how it works when you reschedule an appointment. Well, I mean, you, you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> 
Um, anyway, I went home. I actually don't even know if it was the same day. I think it might have been the same day or was it the next day? No, it was the next day. Was I'm, next I'm so day. glad that you're here to remind me because otherwise I just wouldn't remember any of this. <laughs> Anyway, I'd got a letter saying that they wanted to discharge me and that I'd missed an appointment and uh, that I'd no longer be requiring their services and that um, I'd be sent back to the GP. And I was like, what the f***? So obviously that sent me into a bit of a spiral and I was thinking, you know, what is the point at this stage? I can't be bothered to fight this anymore. This is just stage one. I haven't even missed this appointment. You cancelled this appointment and everything was just getting really, really confusing. So I was assuming that they were talking about the appointment that they cancelled in the first place. So again, I'm phoning them up, trying to explain the situation, trying to explain all this and find out what's happening. Told them I was struggling at the moment and I actually did get a call back from a community mental health nurse and you know he was he was really really nice and obviously I explained all my symptoms to him and we had a long phone call and uh, he said it definitely sounds like ADHD and we definitely need to get this sorted and for you to see somebody Hang on, I think I think we've missed our step here have we so yeah so just just to make it super super clear your first appointment was the 20th of uh, September that was cancelled um, you rang multiple times in that week and kept being told that you were just on the list. And then you got a letter saying that you'd missed an appointment on the 29th. The 29th, yeah, that's it. So they rebooked it for the 29th. So they rebooked you, didn't tell you that it had been rebooked, despite the fact that you called multiple times. You were never told the date of your new appointment. Yeah. Um, and then they wanted to discharge you because you'd failed to show yeah. for the appointment that you hadn't been informed about. <laughs> I love how you sound more angry about this than I do. <laughs> I am just literally. I'm so angry because, and I I know if the roles were reversed, then you would be the same. Yeah. The reason that you're not angry is, well, not as angry is because it's it's to do with you, and you feel like, you know, oh, it's it's only me, so it's okay, it doesn't matter. But as your friend, like, I know how much you're struggling, and I know how much this means to you, and for you to just be treated like this and just be dismissed because of someone else's admin error i'm i'm like white hot livid i'm so angry <laughs> like i'm ready to march <laughs> to the clinic myself the thing is I, I was really angry on the day and i just i just felt really frustrated but but then i sort of got to a point where i was like you know this is just pointless this whole thing is such a waste of time like what is the point of me even getting a diagnosis anyway is the nhs even going to listen to me are they just going to send me away and say oh well you know you've had depression maybe it's that or maybe it's anxiety uh send me away with what i've already had to deal with in the past uh you've just been getting on with it and i'm not going to get the help or support that i need but then, you know, once I'd spoken to the nurse and he'd promised me that he'd call me back either on the same day uh, with an appointment or the next day with an appointment, uh, I felt like something was happening. Uh, but it is now, hmm, <laughs> I think it's been three days. <laughs> maybe maybe it's been longer, no, actually. Yeah, it's, it's longer. It's five days. Is it five days? It's five days. Yeah, five days since he said he'd he call you within 24 hours. Well, I've not heard anything from the clinic at all. And I've just got to the stage where I just can't be bothered with it anymore. And because, you know, I just feel, is this what it's going to be like through the whole process now? Like the stress. <laughs> 
but I am literally going to pursue a diagnosis through the NHS. But there are times as well where I feel I just don't have the energy in me to continue this fight anymore because I just feel that when you're already struggling anyway, it's, it's just exhausting. And obviously with everything else going on as well. Yeah, well, this is, this is all part of your ADHD though. This is things that anybody with ADHD would struggle with. It's your executive functioning, you know, constantly remembering to like ring the clinic and chase things up. And this is all things that you would struggle with even if your ADHD wasn't causing you a problem well I mean I mean there is a side of me that's that's thinking I don't want to come on here and I don't want to bash everyone and I don't want to say the NHS is just awful because I know there's amazing people that work in the NHS I don't think I don't think we can generalize and say the NHS as a whole I think this one particular clinic (laughs) is is to blame for this (laughs) yeah and and obviously I just want to make that clear because I do really appreciate the fact that we've got an NHS and that we can go and get treatment when we need it uh, when there's something wrong but I do think that it isn't handled too well either especially when it comes to things like mental health I feel there's a big problem there and I feel that when it comes to ADHD especially in adults it just kind of seems like you're a bit of an afterthought because it's 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 not seen as low because it's not seen as though you need immediate help right now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I'm seen as though I'm not in an immediate crisis and I can wait. And I do understand there's a backlog of appointments where people need help. And there's plenty uh, of people that are a priority for good reason. And um, there's people in various positions that really need that immediate help. But I think it just would be really nice to be informed about things like your appointments, yeah. given a date. And I, and I think really that's all I'm asking for. I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's not You're not kicking off about having to wait. You understood that there was going to be a wait and you were happy to accept that. It's the constant not knowing. It's the not being given a date and then suddenly being told that you've missed a date and then you don't have your next date. And yeah. like it's, that's something that then you have to constantly chase up and it's that added stress and pressure. That's, what's, that's what you're upset about. It's not the waiting. You you know you've been waiting for a long time already. Yeah, but I I do agree with you. I think that, that that there is a definite lack of concern when it comes to adult ADHD. I've had a similar similar experience with my own GP. So um, when this all started, um, just before I started my therapy, the therapist said to me that she would like me to. Well, when I had my initial triage, the, the triage therapist said that I should speak to the GP while I was waiting for my appointment. I spoke to uh, them. They were uh, very helpful. They sent me lots of uh, stuff on anxiety um, and started me on some medication, propanolol, which did absolutely nothing. So um, what did they give the uh, propanolol for? Propanolol for anxiety, because that's how it all started for me, remember? I was getting really anxious. So, so they gave you um, this propanolol, propanolol. <laughs> Sorry, it it's so early. They gave me propanolol, yeah. So that I, the idea was that um, it would help to calm me a little bit. So then I'd be more receptive to therapy and it would work better. Right, okay. Um, but presumably because I didn't actually have anxiety, I had ADHD, the propanolol did nothing. Um, it's not the doctor's fault, you know, they, they, they weren't to know that. Yeah. Um, but then since then, I went back to them and I said, you know, my, my therapist has, has, thinks that I might have ADHD. We had... A short conversation and I do feel in this instance I was slightly fast-tracked because 
a therapist had said it to me. So I've heard of other people really struggling to get the GP to take them seriously. And I didn't have that. Um, they were very um, supportive when I described my symptoms. She said straight away, yeah, I think um, you would qualify for an assessment. So I didn't have to fight in any respect yeah. on that front. So I was I was really pleased with that. But since then, so this that's been six weeks. Now I didn't I didn't expect I'd have an appointment with six weeks. I know the NHS waiting list is months to years, um, but I don't know where I've been referred to. So I left it a week and I rang up and I said, um, you know, I was referred last week for assessment. Can I just find out where I've been referred to, please? Because I know that the uh, wait times are really variable. Um, and the receptionist was a bit shirty with me. She made some comments about how, you know, if the GP had said that they'd refer me, then they would have done it. See, see again, that attitude, that's not very helpful though, is it? Yeah, I'm not de- I'm not debating whether the GP's done it. I'm not accusing them of not doing it. I would just like to know where I've been referred to because that's something that I might want to change. She said, oh, okay, I'll go find out for you. Put on hold for a bit. And then she comes back and she's all like, oh, um, I can't give you that information because I'm a receptionist. I was like, well, hang on a minute ago, you said you were going to find out for me and you weren't going <laughs> yeah. to give me that information. So that makes me think, that you haven't have done I been it. referred? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then she said, well, someone will call you back um, today and um, let you know uh, because the person that I need to speak to is not here at the moment, but they'll be back later and they'll call you back. I didn't get a call. What I got the next day was a text that said that I had been referred, didn't say where to, um, and said to wait for them to make contact. So I was like, okay. At that point, that's when I started pursuing a private diagnosis because my brain just could not cope with the uncertainty and the just, you know, no structure of that. So I I, I sort of, I didn't, I didn't say anything to the doctor. I didn't, didn't um, delay the NHS process, but I left it alone. And then I've picked this back up in, in the last uh, week and um, I've called my GP back twice. And both times I've said, look, I just want to know where where I've been referred to. That's all I want to know. And they they won't tell it, me. It's almost it's almost like they they don't want to tell you. They just keep saying they'll call me back and then they they don't call me back. And so next week I'm going to like chase that up again, but <laughs> like I just you know, I don't I don't understand what this what this barrier is. Like I don't understand why I can't know where I've been referred to. It's it can't be a secret surely. Eventually I'm going to have to turn up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you put it like that, that's quite funny, actually. You're going to be I going just... there anyway. You know what I mean? What What are they trying to hide? <laughs> no. But, but I do feel like there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, what do you expect? You know, there's a long waiting list. Be grateful. And and we know that. We know there's a waiting list. We appreciate that. But I know there's a waiting list. I'm not I'm not bothered about the waiting list. Like I'm I, I'm fully aware that you know, the average wait time for an NHS assessment is about two years. So I'm prepared to wait that if I have to I know that under right to choose I could pick a provider with a shorter wait time so um I believe uh, psychiatry UK their wait time yeah. is only about six to eight months um so potentially there's the option that I could go with them to still get an NHS diagnosis if that's what I wanted I don't even know if I will do that because obviously I have a private diagnosis anyway um I just want an NHS one. So I've almost got, I suppose, a fallback for, um, because it's quite expensive to go private. And I don't know that I'll, how long I'll be able to afford it for. So certainly in the short term, I, I know that I can, I've budgeted to, but, you know, potentially if I stay on medication for the rest of my life, um, 
that it may not be feasible. So I, I will eventually, I think, need an NHS diagnosis, but I'm not in a rush. But equally... Just bloody tell me. Why can't they just tell me where I've been referred to? I'm not asking for a date. I'm not asking for to know who it is that's going to assess me. I, I'm not asking for anything... I don't think controversial. Yeah, but I, but I think this is the whole uh, issue, isn't it, uh, surrounding NHS appointments? Um, because there's a waiting list and it's almost like you're supposed to just accept that that's what you get. And I don't think that that's acceptable way to do healthcare. I do feel there should be still some level of service that we should expect. For example, you know, where have you referred me to? It's a simple question that requires a simple answer. And um, I do feel that just because things on the NHS are regarded as free, we should just put up with it, even though it's not entirely free, is it? Because we, because we pay for it. Exactly. It's, it's not free, is it really? Like I've paid for it. I, I've, I've worked all my life. You know, I've, I started paying taxes at 15. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think when when I'm talking about the NHS in general, I've just had such a bad experience with the NHS, with mental health in particular in general, that I do find that it does need a lot of support right now and it does need to get better at what it does. And again, this is not me slagging off the NHS workers or anyone in the NHS. I know it's under pressure and I know they've done a great job through the pandemic. But I think the point of this is, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this right now who's going through the... Um, ADHD assessment. I don't want you to be put off by going through this NHS assessment service. Obviously, myself and Shell are still both pursuing the NHS. Uh, and sometimes it can be a bit of a struggle and a bit of a fight. But this is, I guess, um, more of me just pre-warning you. If you're doing this, what you can expect. And some people have had amazing experiences on the NHS with ADHD in particular. My doctor, for example, he was amazing. He listened to all my concerns and it was it, it was done pretty quickly. So you do get some amazing caring individuals. But I do think what you're saying there is correct. Um, even though you do get some amazing people, um, I think it's it's also a, just a bit of a postcode lottery as well. Oh, 100% it is. Yeah, it really is. It comes down to, you know where where you are what sort of resources the clinics around you have um and i i agree like i i i the per I, I know i've been a little bit whiny and ranty um but that's just me that's, <laughs> that's me just venting. us blowing off steam yeah that's me venting i wouldn't discourage anyone from pursuing an nhs diagnosis yeah. um or assessment um but what i would say is just be prepared like you are gonna have to chase this um, it is going to be a long way. It's not something that you can just set and forget. Like, if you do that, you know, I've heard of people who've had to wait like seven years. That's not right. No, come on. I'm afraid that's just disgusting. It is. When you think an under right to choose, they could say, well, I want to be referred to Psychiatry UK and have an online appointment. So it doesn't matter where you are in the UK then. And their waiting list is six to eight months. And yet there's people who've had to wait seven years. So I think really the point of this episode is just to say that if you are considering an NHS diagnosis, just be aware that you have to advocate and take control of your care. You can't just um, leave this to someone else to sort out for you because it's a postcode lottery and you might be lucky and you might get seen quickly and get the help you need, but you might just be left so you you have to be responsible for making sure that um, things move in the direction that you need them to. 
If you do struggle with uh, any of these symptoms with ADHD, uh, that can be really, really hard to deal with on a daily basis. So please speak to a loved one, get them involved in your care. And if you don't feel comfortable speaking to doctors, uh, you can always speak to a friend. I mean, I I wasn't very comfortable uh, speaking to this surgery and and Shao was saying to me, go to the clinic and sort this out. So obviously I had you egging me on to do it. So that kind of gave me the courage uh, to get stuff done, even though it was really nerve wracking. I didn't tell you to do anything obnoxious it wasn't like I was no. like going and shouting like you don't you scream don't have to be, yeah you don't have to be rude about it but you do have to be persistent yeah but I th- but I think that's one of the issues with me I I don't like doing stuff because because I get worked up really really easy and then I can get I can't get my words out and then I get really angry and when I get angry <laughs> I get angry uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a Karen on steroids. <laughs> I won't just be polite about it. I'll be swearing and shouting. See, I think this is where we differ because I don't usually get to that level of uncontrollable anger with, with strangers. Um, I, I, I just work on like a persistent grind you down. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just like a, a, more like a grind me down and I'm more like a massive explosion. Yeah, I'm more like daily phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like literally like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, it's it's late. It's well early. <laughs> but that's part. That's part of emotional dysregulation, isn't it? With ADHD, is that is not being able to. Sorry, I think it's just because I've been up too long. <laughs> we have been up a long time. We also are not swearing on the podcast. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just beep it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you could bleep it out. Yeah. Oh, all this time I've been like trying hard not to swear and you, you could just bleep them out i totally forgot another thing you forgot oh, basically every time i like stutter or lose my word it's because if i wasn't on the mic i'd be swearing <laughs> you, you can swear on this podcast i'll just beep it out it's fine okay fine you did tell me at one point i couldn't swear don't do it too much though because then that requires too much editing so okay try to be a little bit modest with it but if you do feel like you want to do it because you feel it's necessary if you feel it's going to help you get into the flow then you know (laughs) no (laughs) i think we just need to end this episode (laughs) so liberating (laughs) definitely deteriorate yeah we've just like deteriorated so yeah we're not even talking about the nhs anymore so i think it's time to leave it there um well we usually say we're going to pop something in the uh show notes and i don't know what we're going to pop in the show notes this week but there'll be some useful information about adhd in the show notes. do you know what i have got something really useful that we can pop in the show notes it's not ours we've absolutely stolen it but i hope that they won't mind um so uh, i've become a massive fan of another podcast called um ADHD Adults UK and on their website they have some really good information they have like um uh, printed sheets for things that you need to take with you and how to ask your GP to be referred for an assessment uh, I think that's so valuable so we will really? put a link wow. to yeah it's really good so we'll put a link to their website in the show notes oh, oh also as well uh sorry I know we should be saying goodbye but just some more information if you've got any evidence to back everything up that you're saying um please do take this to the assessment as it will be really really helpful for example I went through old school reports I've gone through letters that I'd kept from the uni days and 
things like bills that I hadn't paid and letters from counsellors, etc. Please do collect all this information and take that with you to any assessment if you can, because the more serious that you are about getting seen and going through this process, I do believe the quicker your doctor or psychiatrist will act. So yeah, that's just a little piece of extra information that may be of help to you. Fab. Okay. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right, that's everything this week, guys. But if you want to carry on with the conversation, join us over on our social media platforms. We're on all the major channels and our handle is at a dopamine kick. We'd also be super grateful if you could leave us a review on the podcast wherever you're listening as it helps us to grow our audience and help more people. Okay, we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.